Yes, Father God, indeed, the war rages. But we know we are victorious because you have already won the battle and you get the final move. So thank you, Jesus, for giving us grace and courage and strength today, healings, uh, miracles, and deliverances, Father. We thank you, Lord, you died for us. We thank you, Lord God, that you finished the work, you fixed the fall, and you set us free. And I thank you, Jesus, that you come now with wisdom and counsel. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and give us a heart to, re- to remo- be re- released from the, the fabrications of hell, the old mindsets and constrictions about God and religion and all the lies that sta- Satan has jammed into our understanding that you deprogram us today. Father God, that we can come back into the revelation of the peace and grace and goodness of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for in that gospel you've given us power over all the power of the enemy, you've given us uh, the keys to bind and to loose. Uh, and now I thank you, Lord, that you'd also direct us, Lord, by your spirit as to what to speak and say, and that you give open the ears and eyes again <clears throat> of the people to hear this. Maybe some have heard it a million times, but maybe today they'll hear it for the first time through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper against us or our families or those who work for us or pray for us or love us. And Lord, you you know we pray this all the time. And so we thank you for divine protection and favor and blessing and prosperity in the things of God in regard to our lives, that we will do the things, uh, be busy doing the things you've called us to do in peace and in rest and in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, what are you talking about today? Oh, another gospel. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. for is sure. There, is there another gospel? Oh, no, there's one. How many them. gospels are there? There's many. Many, many, many. many. Okay, well, let's talk about this. Look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. We're going to read through verse 9. I mar- Paul writes to the church. This is several churches mm-hmm. in, in this, uh, Asian, this province of, of uh, Galatia. Uh, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of God to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert or twist, distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, just in case they didn't get the first time, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Wow, those are pretty strong words. Be accursed. Be be accursed upon you. What is he actually saying? and Why is he saying this? Well, first of all, we know that there is only one true gospel, and that is actually really defined simply as the gospel of grace and good news. It is the uh, the grace of Jesus Christ, Jesus laying down his life for us to satisfy the, the wages of sin and the demands of death. He took our place. He died for us. And, and so that was the satisfying of the law. It completed the law. He says, I've come to f- not break the law, but to complete the law. 
And so he did that. And with that, then the law was satisfied. And so we were free then back to the place where we could have a relationship with him, not through works and through obligations, but through relationship. Um, but this movement, you know, that Paul is referring to here, it, it was, you know, the, the church wasn't that old at this point. What, what, what do you think? Maybe 30 years, 40 years yeah, down the road? Yeah, maybe. You not know, even, I don't knowing, even. You know, in that part of the world, he said, you know, it didn't take long. Mm-hmm. before you, you, you're going off course here. Well, right. And see, the, the interesting thing is that we have Peter and Paul. And Peter was called to go to the Jews to bring the true gospel to them. And they were already hardened and entrenched in the Judaic uh, traditions, uh, the, the, the commandments and the, the traditions and all the, you know, the, the Old Testament stuff. They were su- and circumcision. They were really super entrenched in that. But Paul, in his conversion is interesting though he was a full-fledged jew and practiced everything they did to the ta- to the max when he was converted on his way to damascus he didn't go right away to talk to peter about things he actually went off to arabia and various other things he spent time just receiving the the revelation from jesus christ himself he didn't go in to try to hear what the others said or had learned or their experiences so god was really developing him in his own track he didn't have that that uh, heavy duty obligation to the Jewish traditions. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, where Paul was the strict Jew, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and everything like that, and he ends up he he ends up preaching. Well, he goes preaching to the Jews at first because the gospel is to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, and the Jews just they wouldn't hear it, and mm-hmm. so he says. Well, even he, with Jesus, he got to the to point them. where he said. I'm drawing the line, I'm mm-hmm. going to the Gentiles. And mm-hmm. then Peter, you know, ministered to Jews, but then he ministered to Gentiles as well. So Right. So yeah, so so what happened was Peter crossed over the line a little bit when God pulled him into Cornelius's house, which was a Gentile, and he had to preach. And when he did that, the Holy Spirit fell upon that, that group of people just like it did in the day of Pentecost. So Peter couldn't deny that this was God actually calling mm-hmm. him, showing him that the Gentiles were also to be invited in because before that, the Jews were very, very... Rig- exclusive. Exactly. Rigid, exclusive, and they were actually warned, never, never, don't mingle with Gentiles at all because obviously all of that got him into trouble with all kinds of pagan gods and things. Yeah. So they were really taught to keep the line and not mi- mix with these others. Yeah, and there were pro- there was provision for uh, that... Gentiles could become Jews, could become in the Jewish religion. Yeah. They were called God-fearers, but they were still, even though, okay, you're, you're, you're Jews by religion now, but you really are not well, full were just because you're yeah. not genetically connected with Abraham. But that's, but that's all passing away. So what was happening here is Paul was seeing there's a real problem going on because he's, he's experienced, he says, I, you know, he said, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from the gospel of Jesus Christ to a different gospel. Obviously, they did not recognize the dangers of all this like he did. Um, he said, let them be accursed. And then he goes on to say um, in, in you know, um, Acts, well, we talk in Acts, there was this this brutal, actually, discussion um, between the, the, the uh, Peter and Paul. So a- after a few years of running into this thing, Paul picks up and goes to, off to Jerusalem to see to talk to Peter and the and the and the 
the original apostles, whoever were there, mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. what was going to be really the issue. Be- what was what were the what was the real deal? What what did we really have to do to walk in the gospel of Jesus Christ? And in Acts fifteen, we see that he says, um, "Now what was happening was Paul Paul is preaching the gospel in his in his territory, and Jews are coming way over to where he is." And starting to mess up this gospel and the people are believing by telling them now they have to be circumcised, circumcised. to be saved. And it says mm-hmm. in here in Acts uh, 15, 1, Now a certain man came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Whoa. And, and so this was messing up the whole gospel of grace. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small, no small discussion okay, dissension actually, and disputed with them, they determined to go back to talk to Peter. So when they had this meeting, this council with all the uh, elders at, at uh, Jerusalem, they came up with a, a very simple um, simple gospel. They said that we're just supposed to do a couple, four things. Um, that, and this was what they, it seemed good by the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater, this was the outcome, this is the letter that they wrote, the last part of that letter, Upon you no greater burden than this than these necessary things that you abstain from things offered to idols. In other words, don't worship or participate in idolatry or idol worship. Uh, don't eat the foods offered to them. Abstain from blood. Don't eat the blood, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and that's a, a huge, you know, crossing the line. From things strangled and from sexual immorality. Well, when they strangled things, and the blood stayed in it, so they had to the certain ways, kosher ways, they had to, you know. Prepare their meat and, and and kill the lamb or whatever it was, so that it would not be strangled and the blood would stay in it. So these are the four little things. I mean, and and do good to the poor. Basically, this was all that that the, the, the that they prescribed for them to do. So that seems simple enough. And so, but still, there was uh, there was a contention um, when these men came. Um, and what was happening was there was uh, they're reducing or mixing law with grace that was really the the beginnings of many demonic counterfeit gospel versions of the gospel were mixed truth with lie to create uh confusion in the people yeah well gospel means good news okay mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of interpretation the problem is is interpreting <clears throat> the gospel what jesus has done um christ has died christ has risen christ will come again simple and and so this is you know but there there's all these different views opinions of of the gospel so uh yeah so they it gets twisted it gets mixed up it gets religionized it's been religionized for centuries well going always when you want to untangle something you have to go back to the beginning back to the origin to see what the original intention now when jesus came of course he preached the gospel of good news but it was he was coming up against all the religious the pharisees the sadducees the politicians the herodians everybody who was resisting this good news this new gospel um so this as we said was a critical issue the church had to resolve whether they were going to mix the gospel put them together blend them together or separate them. So they had to decide the church originally, in a sense, was Jewish people for right. the most part. Yeah. And so they have to decide, okay, do you have to become a Jew in order to be saved? 
Correct. And that includes circumcision, obviously. But remember, where it all started in this new gospel is on the day of Pentecost, when the wind and the fire swept through that upper room and the traditions of the law were set aside. Um, because, you know, on that in that room, there was fire, there was anointing, there was something new, something that had never been done or seen before. There was a new power. Uh, the, in, in other words, the testimony of Jesus Christ was empowered at that point. God, uh, uh, the Father, uh, endorsed it. The power of the testimony of Jesus Christ risen from the dead was was verified with signs and wonders. That was the birthplace of the true gospel. And it wasn't a tedious gospel. It wasn't a gospel of works and weighty laws. It was of life and power. And out of that room, uh, out of that, Peter bursts out of that room and he's preaching the gospel of salvation, the power to heal uh, and preach. And, and, and that's part of it too. The true gospel of Jesus Christ is always accompanied by signs and wonders, deliverances and healings and salvations. And, and, and so all of those things that they learned from Jesus and saw Jesus do, and even they were now doing themselves. They were doing what he did through this new empowering uh, of the of the gospel. So Jesus, the message of Jesus, it was the you know, repent and believe the gospel, mm-hmm. believe the good news. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is the gospel. He gives us the gospel, the good news. He fulfills the gospel in that he dies on the cross. He's given as an offering for sin. Is risen again. And then he empowers people. He empowers his people to declare this message of grace. And mm-hmm. it's interesting mm-hmm. too that Romans, Roman, the book of Romans and Galatians really go together because mm-hmm. Romans really establishes the details, the uh, all all the details of the gospel, the full blown express of the gospel. Um, the, the exploded version of the gospel. It's yeah. like in in uh, if you're a mechanic, you look to you look at a, a certain part or a component, and then you look on a chart. There's an exploded version. It shows all the details mm-hmm. of that particular component. Mm-hmm. So that's what Romans does. It shows the details of that component, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, but going back to the the you know the gospel of the day of pentecost and that is so often that that verse is acts 1 8 and following Received so power when often the Holy Spirit preached is in the churches yeah. especially pentecostal churches but i don't believe that we even understand the real explanation of what was really happening behind the scenes we we preach it but we preach it today in many churches without any more power it's like we got this once and once and done wow 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 and now we're but we're not carrying on with the same kind of power and authority uh, that they had in their day um this is and we don't realize that the the real explanation of what was really happening then what was going on behind the scenes was God in, in, in endorsing initiating uh the it, launching the gospel of the grace the new and, covenant yeah exactly the, basically the new covenant and so and no today we you know we always say they talk about Joel and this is the outpouring on your sons and daughters the old and then prophesy and dream and blah 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 but um we don't understand and realize that this is not is no longer that what we're preaching today is no longer that it's no longer mm-hmm. what was then um it's it, it the gospel of grace and good news and a re- a relationship with Jesus Christ has been replaced by the gospel again seeping in the gospel of law legalism rules uh, wrote lifeless activities 
and and it's it's killing it's killing the true gospel of Jesus Christ. At the beginning of our time today here, we talked a bit about you know the perverted gospels, the twisted gospels, and 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 there's so many of them. There's only yeah. one gospel, mm-hmm. but there are many false gospels. Mixtures, so so versions. in other words, how in our day, how would we recognize a perverted gospel? Well, first of all, I believe it's by the fruit. Obviously, always Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. But if you go back into the truth of Galatians chapter 2, what Paul is trying to explain here is that the, in verse 16, he's talking about the law and he says, we know, we know. Um, we, we are Jews by nature and not sinners like the Gentiles. We know, always knew, that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith, the faith of Jesus Christ. Even when we believe in Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in him and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh is justified. In other words, you can't be saved. You can't be perfected enough to get to heaven. You can't do stuff good enough perfectly because he says in another place, he said the curse of the law, Mm -hmm. the law is in a sense it is a blessing, he says it's our tutor, it's but to it bring also, us to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's our the one who instructs us and cares for us to bring us to Christ, to, to bring show us, us the to Christ. Look at, you but, can't do this on your own. But when you, we're brought to Christ, then what? We're not under that anymore. That's right. So it's uh, we're justified by faith well, in Jesus Christ. But, and, it, and it basically, it showed us that, and it says that, also that the law, if we're trying to live under the law, we're under a curse. Yeah. Because the yeah. curse is mm-hmm. okay, if you want to earn your salvation You have to keep it by completely. The, you have to keep mm-hmm. every bit of God's law perfectly. If you break it in one point it says you've you're guilty it all. of the whole thing. It's and, like a yeah. chain. If it's if a chain is broken and one link the, the whole chain, chain the chain's broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's impossibility here and and but the thing is, he says, well, okay, what are you trying to do here? He says to the Galatians, you've been saved by grace through yeah. faith. Mm-hmm. Miracles and signs and wonders occurred not because of you trying to keep the law. Mm-hmm. Then why are you going backwards to go into some religious thing that didn't get you going well in the, in first, the first place? place. Yeah, and he's in, in verse nineteen, he says, well, verse eighteen, verse of Galatians three. If I build again those things which which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. You know, if I go back to the things I gave up and denied and agreed didn't work, I go back. He says I actually make myself a transgressor, because he for if I, for for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. So in other words, in order to live to God, you have to die to the law. You have to die. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in my body, still alive here. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God. But it, because, because if I do that, because if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ has dead and died in vain. So if you go back to the law, you're actually insulting Jesus. You're insulting the fact that he died on the cross. You're going back to your own efforts to work, to, to earn, to achieve, that God would owe you something as opposed to God giving you something. Now, let's think of, you know, believers. I mean, they're, they're true believers in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. How, you know, they would certainly not say, well, I, I know I'm saved by grace through faith. I know. But uh, I'm not trying to keep the law to be mm-hmm. saved. 
Mm-hmm. The, that's the farthest thing from most people's mind. I'm not trying to keep the law, right. but yet people are. Can you mm-hmm. address that well, a little bit? Yeah, he says, you know, the, 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 the problem is the devil did not, could not uh, tolerate or allow us to be given that free gift of grace and salvation through the blood of Jesus. just It's just too easy. Too good to be true. And he could not <laughs> work. He had no leverage if the law were removed. And so he didn't want us to, um, he couldn't work with the law being gone or, or, or uh, he needed the law to work with and leverage all kinds of transgressions because Satan needs sin. He needs transgressions uh, that he can bring against mm-hmm. us, charges he can bring against us before the court of heaven. And if there's no law, which God knows it's already taken care of, but we don't. And so we, we feel like we sinned, we broke the law, now we're in trouble with God. And that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants us to look at this thing like God is mad at us for breaking the law when God is saying, what are you talking about? Jesus took care of that law. He died for your sins. Let's, let's walk in the life and the relationship of this good, good news. But, but, but um, you know, and again, going back even to the, the, the foreshadowing of this with Abraham, you know, Abraham lived before the Ten Commandments. That came with Moses, who yeah, was after way Abraham. Before the and Ten so God accounted or attributed his righteousness, Abraham's righteousness, to his faith. Abraham believed this as the promises of God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness' sake. So, so what really, again, he's saying it's not by doing, it's by believing. It's by that's where the promises come when you trust in God and do what he says. Because Romans 4.13 says, where there is no law, there is no transgression. So obviously then where there is a trans a law, there is a transgression. So Satan wanted to keep us, you know, like if there's no speed limit sign, you're not going to get ticketed for going too fast. That's the law. Where there's no law, there's no trans, there's no tickets. But if there is a sign out, there's a 60 miles an hour and you go 75, you can get ticketed because you broke that law. So the law is simply that, um, that, that line, that, that demand that you stay within this or behind this or short, small, uh, going s- slower than this or whatever it is. And so, but Satan wanted to keep the law because he belie- he, he's got many people believing if we don't have a law, people will sin. But you know, here's the interesting thing. People, the law cannot m- keep you from sinning and it can't make you not sin. It can't make you obey it. So in, say, for example, in our nation, we've got laws. We have legislatures right? Who make Legislators laws. that mm-hmm. make laws and then that make laws more and more every year. There's how many hundreds, thousands of laws yeah. that come out nationally we and We don't even pay attention anymore, so do we? You don't even pay attention. Mm-mm. And a lot of the so-called laws are, are, are not godly laws. Obviously. They're ungodly laws, but but they're they're legalized things, wicked things. Sin is legalized. That sin doesn't make legalized. it right just because that's it's right. legalized. Well, that's mm-hmm. kind of that's anything that's morally wrong is not legally. I mean, anything that's legally right is not moral. Well, morally right. I'm, I'm not saying it right. <laughs> yeah, right. <coughs> well, they can't. Yeah. You in anything a, that's morally wrong is not legally right, no matter how you look at it. Yes. The, so the so and the truth is, Satan does not want us to come under the the grace of, uh, and good news of Jesus Christ, which basically was Jesus Christ fixing the fall. It was him fixing everything. Through, and he gave us, through his shed blood, the remission of sin, the atonement, the forgiveness, the pardoning uh, of that dreadful consequences. Um, but that would not work for Satan. So he had to keep us, he had to go back to seduction. He had to employ certain who were 
not freely or fully converted. Those were still peddling the versions, many versions of the gospel, mixtures of the gospel um, that, that Paul was coming up against. So now we have, as we see in our landscape of church and religion these days, we see many versions, many denominations, which is a, a long form of demonations, mm-hmm. um, many concoctions, many you know mixtures of law and grace. And Romans talks about that too. It says if you mix law and grace, it says there, there, you know, what happens, and you ask about the consequences. So in, in Romans chapter 11, Paul is uh, again on his, his gospel horse riding it crazy and saying, you know what, you know, this thing, the mixture of the gospel of grace and good news cannot be. You cannot mix law with grace in chapter 11. I'm going to find it here pretty quick. He says in verse 6, he says, um, if, you know, even to this present time, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. So there's a few that have believed and embraced grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it's no longer grace. Otherwise, works is no longer works. They're mutually exclusive. You cannot mix them. So it says, but what What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were hardened. So when you mix law with grace, as the Jews were trying to do, put circumcision back in the mix, put legalism, laws, and traditions back in the mix, what happened, he says, they were there. The rest who did that mixed things, believed the devil, pulled in law and legalism, and works were hardened, just as is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, even to this present time, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear to this very day. So you say, Well, what did God do that for? Well, God had to do that because of the rule. The rule is whom we yield ourselves servants to obey. That's who slave we become. And we, we embraced the lie believed the lie, wanted the law back. And so God permitted us to pull, contaminate his pure gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the blood of the cross, substitution, salvation, freedom, life. God permitted people to make choices in this matter as well. And what they basically did was rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so God had allowed Satan to put this spirit of stupor and stupidness on him. So now they don't see. They have eyes and they don't get it. Mm -hmm. They have ears, they don't hear it. They're deaf and dumb. They're dull and he says, and David adds to this curse when he says in Psalm 69, 22 through 23, let their table become a snare and a trap. Let their table, that place of well-being, that place of sustenance, that place of... Ca- Contracts uh, and agreements. Yeah, and the place of sustaining life. Mm-hmm. Let that place, the table, become a snare and a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see. So this is why they're blind, because they can't see. And why can't they see? Because there has been a spirit of stupor put upon them and and, they're, and bow down their backs always. So in other words, another part of that version renders um, in, in Psalm 69, uh, their, lo- their loins continue to shake. Their backs are bowed down. They're depressed. They can't see. They're lost. They stumble. Um, and they don't know where they're going. And this happens, and you say, well, well, how can that all be? That all just because you mix the law with grace? Well, because that's what happens. If you don't have life, you have the law. And so then Paul is saying in two of Galatians, you know, don't go back. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if, if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. It was a waste for him to die. If I can get saved by the law, then Christ's death was in vain. But what is Galatians chapter 3? Can you read that, Jerry? Oh, foolish. Well, we, beginning, beginning with verse 1, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Wait a minute, they got under a spirit of witchcraft here? 
mm-hmm. that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. He says this, verse 2, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Have Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? Mm-hmm. And he says, and have I suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, who um, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So this, so, yeah. Yeah, they, they started out, they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, they put their faith in him. Saw the miracles, they, they saw the They saw works. the miracles, mm-hmm. signs, wonders that accompany mm-hmm. the gospel. They believed, they received Christ, and they were beginning now in grace. And then all of a sudden, some people come along and say, oh, no, you got to keep the law. So they put the cap, the lid back on yeah, the Holy to, Spirit. You know, and the thing is, too, is Satan is always trying to cap, put a cap on the power mm-hmm. of God, mm-hmm. always w- wanting to twist the gospel, limit the people of God, beginning to you know bring us into a place of, bondage. of powerlessness, <laughs> yes. bondage yes. and powerlessness. But the weird thing about that powerlessness, Jerry, is that we you don't have, even realize we it. don't even realize it mm-hmm. exactly, um, and and this is what Paul is warning about. You guys don't realize you're losing your power, you're losing your authority. You're you're going to be you know a laughing stock because you're going to preach a gospel that has no power, has no authority, and that's exactly what we have today. So we have um, we've lost the power for the most part of Pentecost, um, and we don't even like you said notice that the power is gone. Let me just say through that what's the fruit of a perverted gospel if you're believing a twisted gospel okay you, know, you get bound up in religion just just you just Fear, there's a religious spirit anxiety. there's mm-hmm. pride there's trying and giving up you're trying to say the i'm trying futility, to serve the lord i'm trying to failure. do this i'm trying to pray mm-hmm. trying to read my bible and then finally you just get discouraged uh, you want to give up? You get under curses, mm-hmm. curses. You like believe lies, b- you, fear, yeah, bondage. Yep. Uh, never enough. Mm-hmm. The works of the flesh. Man, fear. Some of the most mm-hmm. uh, religious people are are caught up in the works of the flesh. So the thing is, you know, that we have to decide whether we're going to choose this or that. There's only two kingdoms. You're either in or you're out. You can't mix up and and concoct and and create your own eclectic gospel um you know we've been so long here under this bewitching spell of the counterfeit mixtures of the gospel that we do not even recognize the true gospel uh when we see the grace of grace and good news of jesus christ or we actually become hostile to it and this is again going back full circle to what they did to jesus um you know we we, we're, we're resisting bewitched spell the spells of the religious demons have uh, with their comrades, I believe it is, the angels of light, the false Jesuses, the Antichrist spirits, the demonic ministers of righteousness, Second Corinthians chapter 11, uh, have cut off the power of love and joy uh, to wherever they can. And they have to do it through us. They have to do it through our agreement with the lie. So we're back to trying to be, here's the fruits of, of that false gospel. You know, like you said, trying to be perfect in the flesh being anxious that I'm not good enough, being upset and worried that God's mad at me, being afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. What are the fruits of the counterfeit gospels? It's exactly these things that God came to set us free from, yeah. the mixing of law and grace. Yeah. There are no miracles. There are no, there's mm-hmm. no uh, healings, no deliverances. 
and we there's no freedom, no correct diagnosis of the problem. And so what we have here is a choice we must make to go back to the true gospel, the gospel of power, grace, and healing, and restoration. And the, yeah, the gospel of grace, power, healing, and restoration is the gospel of God's favor. Mm-hmm. God's favor. God's goodness. God's goodness, God's favor, mm-hmm. God's impartation. Peace. And, and it's, it's the kingdom of, of God. It's the kingdom of God. The, the grace of God. The gospel of God brings the grace of God, the mm-hmm. power of God, and it's the kingdom of God. Romans fourteen seventeen says the kingdom of God is not food and drink. Mm-hmm. It's not just Laws superficial and, things mm-hmm. and regulations, but it's righteousness, peace, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the fruits of the true gospel are righteousness, peace, and joy. Being feeling okay, you know, not having to be perfect. Yes, you may be messed up yesterday. Will you confess that sin? Ask God to forgive you. Repent and go on. It's not like I have to have a perfect record and start all over again because I messed up one time. And it's the peace of God because, you know, Jesus knows what kind of a snake pit we're in. He knows what the devil does here. He He's not expecting us to be perfect. He's expecting us to follow him and walk in the spirit. So righteousness, peace, and joy are the true fruits of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.25 says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit operate mm-hmm. daily in mm-hmm. in the spirit. So this is the great transition from trying to just do th- religious things and mm-hmm. to get into the spirit of God and the spirit of God gets into us and living according to the leading of the spirit. That was the whole purpose of the day of Pentecost mm-hmm. to Walk empower in the us mm-hmm. to give us that ability from God. So there's the fruit of the Spirit, there's the gifts of the Spirit, there's the life Mm -hmm. in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So we're called to live in the Spirit like a fish lives in water. Yes, and Galatians 5, 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free, by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. In other words, the yoke going back to serving the law and regulations and whatnot. Now, we are not going to be lawless because we're following Jesus Christ no. because we have a commandment. The commandment is to love one another, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and your neighbors yourself. So we're not lawless. As a matter of fact, the, the law is for the lawless ones. The, and God has not given us the law. He's giving us his spirit in our hearts to cry out, Abba, Father, to want to do and follow him. Now, we're not going to be perfect. None of your children are perfect, and you still love them. You're still believing. They're still wanting to please you. They're still wanting to, to walk in, in, in goodness because we're made by God to want to walk in goodness. So the other, there's many, many other problems that we don't can't include right now, but the understanding is that, that we, you know, you say, how do you walk in the spirit as opposed to the flesh? Well, that's the discussion we've had many times, the soul versus the spirit and the, the battle and that goes on between your soul your mind, will, and emotions, and the Spirit of God in you, is that's where the war and the debate is. Mm-hmm. But now we need to have one more thing. We need to have God reveal to us uh, through a revelation, the restoration of the gospel of peace, good news, righteousness, Jesus Christ, salvation. And that is where we have to, we must come back into that place where we're no longer bewitched, no longer deceived, no longer enticed, no longer torn, but walking in confidence, in faith, and obedience to the Spirit of God in the, the gospel and the revelation of Jesus Christ. The grace of God is not an excuse for sin. living in sin. No. It's, it's empowerment mm-hmm. to live in a way that's pleasing to, to the To Lord. bring us freedom from sin. Grace brings us freedom. Because Liberty. Why know. do I want to sin? I'm not built to want to sin. Why would I want to do that? I'm made by God who loves righteousness, peace, joy, goodness, holiness, 
I'm made by him. Those are the things I want. I want holiness. That's why when you sin, you feel so guilty because it's so contrary to your divine nature. But we've been told we don't, we, we, we've never been talked much about our divine nature. Uh, we are talking and being taught by, oh, we have a sinful human nature. And all of these things bring lots of confusion. But today, Father God, we pray that all of this stuff will just be all these counterfeit gospels and bewitching and, and seductions and will be washed away from our mind, our eyes, yes. our hearts, our ears, our understanding. We will be cleansed through the simple revelation of Jesus Christ like they just had on the day of Pentecost where they were free and where they were in po- they were powerful, they were joyful, and 3,000 people got it that very day. And so we pray, Father, for a new outpouring of revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is a gospel of grace and good news, and it also it reflects your love for us, your goodness towards us, and that you have finished the work and set us free. And Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your grace, grace and peace to each of us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Thank amen. You, Lord. And again, we're going to enc- encourage you to check out liferecovery.com. We're still featuring our audio book, Audio Dramatization of the War Between God and Satan for the Souls of Men, called God on Trial. Um, I know we've talked about it. You just go check one out. Just go. T- I, 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 uh, I challenge you to go download episode one or episode two. And see what you see what it does for you to you with you because this is the gospel of Jesus Christ in a dramatized version where you have the war, the discussion, the dramatization of the the counter uh, attacks of the enemy against the purposes and the people of God. So um, again, God on trial, liferecovery.com. and we're praying that you have a wonderful day and deliver us from evil, Lord God. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.